Hello, my friends, and uh, welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Nechabar. This is going to be uh, episode 146, and we're going to do the readings for the 18th Sunday in Ordinary Time. The readings for 18th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Once more, this is The Informed Catholic, and my name is Nechabar. So let's begin with the opening prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. And now the Gloria. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ. With the Holy Spirit and the glory of God the Father, Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Okay, so now we're in the uh, 18th Sunday uh, in Ordinary Time. Okay, hold on, just uh, move this bookmark <laughs> to the right place. Okay, so a lot has happened uh, before we begin this reading. You, I guess you all heard about the Pope's, some passing music going by from outside my window. Uh, Pope Francis uh, Monte Proprio uh, reversing um, Pope Benedict's um uh basically pope benedict of course we know gave permission that the latin mass can be said freely with priests not giving not asking for permission by from their bishops pope francis reversed it there's been a lot of as we know lots of controversy and i know last podcast i talked about it a little bit um but my experiences with the latin mass crowd um, I look, I have nothing against it. I love the Latin Mass. The problem is, is that I just don't think the Latin Mass crowd are very good at evangelization. <laughs> and, you know, um, unfortunately, a lot of people talked about that the Latin Mass crowd appears kind of like always unhappy and miserable. Well, maybe not. I don't believe all of them. I just think that. A lot of them are just not very good in evangeliz evangelization. You know, um, a 
anger is not a good way of you want to try to win people over to your cause. Now, um, there's been a lot of different opinions about that, a lot of them. And um, from Taylor Marshall to Tim Gordon to Return to Tradition to... <laughs> There's been a lot, a lot, and I personally believe just let the Holy Spirit play it out. Just let it play it out. Uh, Pope Francis recently had an operation on his colon, and he's he's up there. I mean, you know, technically, he's his health isn't in the best condition. Some people say. Or reports are saying that people are, uh, they're already looking for his replacement. And some are saying that a lot of the modernists are also getting worried about the, um, the next papal conclave. Well, look, uh, all is fair in, uh, in love and war and all is fair in, in fighting to, gain access to the kingdom of heaven, you know, it's, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. What the results are, we don't know. All right, let's begin with the first reading. Our first reading is from the book of Exodus, second book of Moses, chapter 16, verse two to four, 12 to 15. I will rain down bread from heaven for you. A reading from the book of Exodus. The whole Israelites, the whole Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, would that we had died at the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt as we sat by our flesh, our flesh pots and ate our fill of bread but you had to lead us into this desert to make the whole community die of famine. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will now rain down bread from heaven for you. Each day the people are, are, to, are to go out and gather their daily portion. Thus will I test them to see whether they follow my instructions or not. I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, in the evening twilight you shall eat flesh, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread, so that you may know that I, the Lord, am your God. In the evening quail came up and covered the camp. In the morning a dew lay all about the camp, and when the dew evaporated, there on the surface of the desert were fine flakes like hoarfrost on the ground. On seeing it, the Israelites asked one another, What is this? For they did not know what it was. But Moses told them, This is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. Okay. Let's read it one more time. A reading from the book of Exodus. The whole Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, Would 
that we had died at the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt, as we sat by our flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. But you had to lead us into this desert to make the whole community die of famine. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will now rain down bread from heaven for you. Each day the people are to go out and gather their daily portion. Thus will I test them to see whether they follow my instructions or not. I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, in the evening twilight you shall eat flesh, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread, so that you may know that I, the Lord, am your God. In the evening quail came up and covered the camp, in the morning a dew lay all about the camp, and when the dew evaporated, there on the surface of the desert were fine flakes, like the hoarfrost on the ground. On seeing it, the Israelites asked one another, What is this? For they did not know what, what it was. But Moses told them, This is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, next, a response psalm, Psalm 78, and the response is, The Lord gave them bread from heaven. The Lord gave them bread from heaven. What we have heard and know, and what our fathers have declared to us, we will declare to the generations to come. The glorious deeds of the Lord and his strength and the wonders that he wrought. The Lord gave them bread from heaven. He commanded the skies above and opened the doors of heaven. He rained manna upon them for food and gave them heavenly bread. The Lord gave them bread from heaven. Man ate the bread of angels food he sent them in abundance and he brought them to his holy land to the mountains his right hand had won the lord gave them bread from heaven okay one more time the lord gave them bread from heaven psalm 78 what we have heard and know and what our fathers have declared to us we will declare to the generations to come the glorious deeds of the Lord and his strength and the wonders that he has wrought. The Lord gave them bread from heaven. He commanded the skies above and opened the doors of heaven. He rained manna upon them for food and gave them heavenly bread. The Lord gave them bread from heaven. Man ate the bread of angels food he sent them in abundance and he brought them to his holy land to the mountains his right hand had won the lord gave them bread from heaven okay so now the second reading is from from a letter of saint paul to the ephesians put on the new self that, that has been created in God's way. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17 
and then 20 to 24. I declare and testify in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. That is not how you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard of him and were taught in him as truth is in Jesus, that you should put away the old self of your former way of life corrupted through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self created in God's way in righteousness and holiness of truth. Okay, one more time. Letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 17, 20 to 24. Put on the new self that has been created in God's way. I declare and testify in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. That is not how you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard of him and were taught in him as truth is in Jesus, that you should put away the old self of your former way of life, corrupted through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and put on the new self created in God's way, in righteousness and holiness of truth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, the Alleluia Antiphon. One does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Alleluia, alleluia. It's from Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Alleluia, alleluia. One does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Alleluia, alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 6, verse 24 to 35. Whoever... Whoever comes to me will never hunger. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 6, verse 24 to 35. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boat and came to Capernaum, looking for Jesus. And when they found him across the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them and said, Amen, amen, I say to you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not work for food that perishes, but for food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give, will give you. For in him the Father God has set his seal. So they said to him, What can we do to accomplish the works of, life, uh, works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he sent. So they said to him, What sign can you do that we may see and believe in you? What can you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the desert, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. So Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you. It was not Moses who gave the bread from heaven. My father gives you true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. 
Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. Okay. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boat and came to Capernaum, looking for Jesus. And when they found him across the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them and said, Amen, Amen, I say to you. You are looking for me, not because you saw signs, because, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the Father God has set his seal. So they said to him, What can we do to accomplish the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he sent. So they said to him, What sign can you do, that we may see and believe in you? What can you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. So Jesus said to them, Amen, Amen, I say to you. It was not Moses who gave the bread from heaven. My Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. The gospel of the Lord praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So the other day I saw a cartoon um, that was very interesting. I thought it was, uh, it really, I think, spoke volumes. An individual who believes that a fetus is not a person, that the, it's not an unborn child, Can, who claims to be a Catholic, a devout practicing Catholic, why would they believe that the Eucharist is a person? And that person, is, that person, and it contains the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. If that, if that individual who supports abortion and the right for abortion does not believe that it's murder and does not believe that the, that the fetus is a person, an unborn child, then why would they believe that the Eucharist is a person and that the Eucharist contains the body and blood and soul divinity of our Lord? It doesn't make any sense that this person calls themselves a devout Catholic and wants access to the Eucharist. It doesn't make any sense because that, that, that requires faith and that faith requires truth. It requires a, a morality. You can't say one thing and not say another. I mean, it, you know, and, and not believe the other, because think about it. Didn't he come as a fetus? Didn't he come down to earth and took residence within the womb of the blessed Virgin Mary? 
Can you honestly say that what Herod was about to do was not murder? Herod actually did it because, because of faith. He believed. He was threatened. He was threatened by a child. That this child could be the Christ. Could be the king of the Jews. Herod, if Herod, Herod wouldn't have done it if he didn't have some faith that he was being threatened. Right? It wasn't because of unbelief. You can't accuse Herod of unbelief. Herod had enough faith to believe he was being threatened. That he was going to lose his kingdom. It's, you know, it, he had faith enough that he actually took action to kill every, every child under two years of age. That's not a lack of faith. That's, that's a faith believing that he was in danger. It's, you know, it's that he was cornered. So, um, it's, you know, it, 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 you have to ask yourself, really, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, other Catholics who support abortion. Is it really, you know, I mean, can you honestly say it? You know, we, the Jewish people. We're in the desert. They, they, they wanted food. They came out, they saw the miracles. They saw the miracle of the, the, the Red Sea being parted. They saw the miracle of, of, of the, of the Nile turning to blood. They saw the, the other plagues. They saw the darkness. They saw. They they saw they saw it all. They saw it all. They saw the lice. They saw the frogs. They saw the boils. They saw the fire the fiery hail. From heaven. And then finally they saw the angel of death. They experienced it all. And it didn't convert them. It was a momentary conversion for them. As long as their physical needs were being met. Spiritually they didn't need anything. Miracles, the miracle of even the desire to be free did not convert them. The finally, the fact that they got freedom. As a matter of fact, that wasn't that was that was that was horror to them. That was a nightmare to them. Freedom, freedom from being in bondage was not enough. As long, <clears throat> as long as their physical needs, their stomachs were being met, they were willing. They were willing to accept being treated like property, like animals. Less than nothing. That the physical burden was okay. And to complain and grumble. But as long as they're fed, they're okay. That's, that's, that in itself, that's, that's an individual 
who those these are these are individuals that don't believe in themselves that don't believe in the dignity that God gave them that that's really literally holding that's literally spitting and holding contempt the image of God willing to accept a life of of slavery of being cattle, of being owned as cattle, is an individual who who really, I think, holds themselves with contempt. How many people do we know that in the world? All right. Some people want to be held um, in a relationship where they're treated like crap. We know that. We know, we we know people like that. We've seen, we've seen, we, our society is like that. Look at the fact that um, people, as long as they get their monthly checks, as long as they, um, they, the government pays the roof over their head, they're willing to be in captivity. They're willing to be owned. They're willing to be cattle. And they're putting, they're subjugating their children to cattle being cattle so being abused and cheated and beaten is fine it's like you know it's funny in the show the character who the pre who runs Capernaum the Roman magistrate who runs Capernaum uh, is amazed that everything grows beautifully in the land everything the pomegranates the the figs the 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 um, the grapes, the apples, the olives. Everything he says is immaculate except the people. And he says, you know, you're all, you all worship one God and you're all divided. He says, I know a dirty secret. You want to be ruled and you want a reason to complain. People complain that the Romans were masters of the world. But the truth is, you want to be ruled and you want to, and you want a reason to complain. And that's, and that's probably human nature. That's probably human nature. That's probably the only freedom that most people really are going to hold on to. Maybe is reluctantly is to complain, to complain. But the truth is, when you think about it, when people are willing to to ha to 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 live that way, then they're willing to sacrifice their children to oppression. That's 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 really the honest the, the honest truth when you think about it, right? Because as long as as long as your 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 physical needs are met. You're willing to sacrifice faith. You're willing to sacrifice dignity. And you're willing to sacrifice your relationship with God. And direct or sacrifice that dignity that God gave you so that your physical needs are met. And that's true. Paul himself says in the in Ephesians. I declare 
and testify that the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. That is not, that is not how you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard of him and were taught in him as truth is in Jesus, that you should put away the old self of your former way of life, corrupted through deceitful desires and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new, the new self created in God's way in righteousness and holiness of truth. Okay. So deceitful desires. <clears throat> I know a lot of people like that in the art world, in the art world, most definitely. Right. They, they have unlimited freedom, unlimited freedom. And once they have all that, once they, they burn through the intellectual freedom, once they burn through, uh, the, the limits of their personal life, the limits of their passion, the limits of everything. And suddenly because they, they had, they had it all, they've experienced it all. And usually it's not success. I'm going to say this right now. It's, it's usually not success. It, it's, it's usually just, just un, uncontrolled, unlimited freedom through everything. The, art, the, the, the freedom to basically not to live a life without God, to live a life without morality, to live a life of, you know, pretty much making a shipwreck of their intellectual uh, faculties and everything and drinking, alcohol, drugs, everything. Uh, they tried everything. They, and then basically, I think they try to find some kind of faith some kind of balance, some kind of happiness. Once you've gone through it all, are you, you know, you know, they pretty much their own spiritual need is destroyed because when you're unhappy, it's because you're, you're spiritually unhappy. You're, you're, you're spiritually not satisfied. You know, you look, you, you try to find happiness in sex. You try to find happiness in drugs. You try to find happiness in alcohol. You try to find happiness in art. You try to find happiness in a, in, in a, in a social, your social relationships and you're spiritually hungry, but you don't know you're spiritually hungry. You don't know that you're spiritually malnourished. Your intellectual uh, faculties, you burn through them, right? So then you try to find some kind of a relationship. Usually it, the first thing what happens is always socially, because suddenly now you've been around with the crowd. You've been running around with the crowd that basically doesn't believe in anything. They've had, they, they've gone through, they've done the same thing. So you've found basically you're, you're in a flock without a shepherd. All right. Remember that scene when Jesus sees the crowd and they were, they were sheep without a shepherd. They had no one to lead them, no one to lead them. But what happens is eventually is that they get involved politically. Suddenly now 
they're the woke crowd, right? They're the Antifa crowd. They're the, the Black Lives Matter crowd. But the fact is, you don't even have a relationship with the shepherd. Does the shepherd really care about you? And this is where Christ comes in. This is where he comes in as the bread of life. He come, He is the one who will satisfy. He is the true bread that comes out from heaven. The bread that the Israelites ate was only was only meant to satisfy them, uh, satisfy them physically, but it was also behind it who provided for, for them. It was God the Father. The Father gave them bread from heaven. He gave them also quail. He gave them water from the rock. But they only looked at the physical part. They looked at the physical consumption, the that their physical satisfaction. And as far as they're in, they allowed themselves to intellectually come to a conclusion who provided the food for them. Before in the, in the past, it was the pharaohs who provided food for them. And for some reason, they were able to stop there. And they had enough faith coming to the conclusion that Pharaoh gave them the food and the physical, all the nourishment that they needed. And fine, that was fine for them. Pharaoh could have cared less what, what, what they grumbled behind closed doors because they weren't putting up a resistance. But now they don't have to work anymore for the food. The only thing is that they could not stand they, they could not they could not bring up the faith they could not bring themselves to 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 accept that God gave God is giving them the food and they didn't have to really you know they didn't really have to do anything physical but when it comes to worship worshiping one God accepting faith that it is one God that it was God who gave them the food and the drink they could not they could not they could not their faith both their intellectual and when it came to the spiritual, they could not go any further. Maybe intellectually they can accept it. But spiritually, spiritually, that was, they, they had a stumbling block for some reason. A stumbling block. In a sense, it seems to be the same thing when it comes to the Eucharist. When you think about it, right? Everybody can s sum up the strength to go up and receive it. Receive the Eucharist. That's not a problem. The problem lies in faith in the Eucharist. Believing that it is the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Right? You can come in once a week. You can drive to the church, walk to the church. Right? But when it come, and you can even go up and receive it. There's nothing to hold you back. And there's nothing from holding you back from not receiving it. There's nothing even holding us back from not going to church. But when it comes to believing, when it comes to that part right there, that part of faith, believing in the real presence, and believing 
And once you believe in the real presence, there's other there's other um, conditions with with believing in the real presence. You find out because it, once you accept the fact that it is Christ, that it really is body, blood, soul, and divinity. With it comes other spiritual conditions, and that also depends on the on your prayer life, and also um, morally. Are you willing willing to accept those conditions that you can't receive him in a state of moral sin, and you have to look into what those sins are. What those conditions, what, you know, what, what, what sins are and what and why it's dangerous. Okay. Adultery, sexual immorality, um, also, um, lying, stealing, murder, murder. And also, um, also, I think in many ways you could also causing other scandals, other leading other people astray, you know, uh, which is in a sense equivalent of spiritual murder. Okay, like for example, um, why? What is it um, that Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, they receive communion publicly and they support abortion and gay marriage. These are public sins, public sins that are well known. Everybody knows them. The media pretty much um, advertises it. They advertise it. So it's a public sin. It's publicly out there. The world knows about it. Now, adultery can be is mostly a private sin at least it should be right you don't want the world to know about it now if the world doesn't know about it the priest doesn't know about it the priest can't say anything now unless the priest has some knowledge of it then the priest can talk to the individual privately privately behind closed doors or the priest can simply not know for if, if if the priest doesn't know for certain he can leave it alone right these are the things that are that in a sense conditions this is when you because you're developing a relationship to believe in the real presence you also have to have a relationship with Jesus what i'm telling you is not is 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 as far as my knowledge of how understanding the Eucharist is. But you have to have a relationship. It comes with a prayer life. I'm not perfect, trust me. I'm not trying to, to you know, and by, only, by any means, I am not perfect. My prayer life is pretty much, goes up and up, up and down. I have weekdays, I have, some good days. I have probably more bad days than good days. I have probably more spiritually lazy days than any other, but I struggle like every other Catholic. And 
I struggle to improve myself. Trust me, I mean, even physically, I, I could, you know, improve my physical health as well, as well as my spiritual health. I struggle through it, but doesn't mean we can't talk about it. It doesn't mean we, we can't try to improve. And I think it's important that we all, we, we all admit that. I think a lot of people tend to put condition, even priests, priests can have struggles as well. I've know I've met a few that, that can have, you know, they, they struggle through their priestly life <clears throat> as any other person does. We all struggle spiritually. There's no, there's no perfect, even the most perfect, perfect, like you meet someone who you really think, wow, this person's holy, but they'll, they won't, they'll, they'll tell you, no, listen, even the most perfect, holy uh, person who's been like living in the monastery is still struggling. And that's true. Only God knows if we got there and only God can do that, but we can still help each other. Faith in the Eucharist is really, really having a relationship with Christ. It's really having relationship with Christ. Yes, we as Catholics believe in, that it's that the Eucharist, the bread we receive, is not just mere bread. It's Jesus Christ. We don't receive the dead Jesus. We receive the resurrected living Jesus. Body, blood, soul, and divinity. He comes into our lives. And really, <clears throat> he's only going to work if you, are, if you are pursuing that work. If we are pursuing to be holy. We all need to pursue true holiness, true a true relationship. And the first place is really having a relationship with Jesus, really believing that Jesus is in our lives. Le le reading the Gospels, even the parts of the Gospels, the parts of the Sermon on the Mount, and everything that really nags at us, that really bothers us, and talking to him. Really talking to Jesus, really spending time. These are things that are important. And I think with all honesty, <clears throat> when it comes to believing in the real presence, once you, you know, you, you spend enough time reading, spending enough time praying, spending enough time reflecting, you, you will see a change. This change is not going to be overnight. It takes time. It takes time. I know, I know it's not easy. Trust me. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I listen to a lot of YouTube and I, and I, and I try to read the Gospels as often as I as I can, and I read a lot of a lot of uh, other spiritual things. It's not easy, but when you love somebody, you want to know them, and you want to know Jesus, and you want to you want to feel His presence. The word "feel" is a very abstract term; it's also very subjective. But you want to. My my prayer is always to know him in my mind, in my heart, in my will, to know his presence, to, 
to to know him to to really hear him hear him in your voice hear him in the very depths hear his voice in the very depths of his of his uh, of your of your will and it takes time because remember we're we're we're, we're fallen creatures and we have a lot of things in our way like with me i have i i'm i'm really starting to clear up a lot of the clutter in my life clear up i would say the the cultural pop icon pagan paganism of my life i'm starting to really realize like i grew up and i guess you can say i'm still an adolescent stage all the stuff that i held on to and i wanted to believe in and realizing that it's it's clutter it's clutter and it's also cultural paganism all the superheroes that i held on to and all that stuff i mean think about it we don't own these things these things these things are are not ours to even to play with with like in a sense it's like playing with other people's toys and they get in the way they get in the way and I, I i you know i realize this when i look at stuff now i look at a lot of things differently i listen to a lot of things differently and you realize they're in the way these things are in the way they're not improving anything they're not making their distractions, momentary distractions that take away lots of time, small, stupid things that don't mean anything. And it's not dependent on your, your participation. All it, all it matters is attention that takes away valuable moments of your relationship with Christ and improving your life. Okay. It's, video games, TV shows, comic books, um, whatever hobbies, they're just meant to take away your time. And they're also meant to be as addictions. None of those things are going to improve your spiritually. And as you get older, that's the problem. Valuable time is wasted. We need to really cultivate a good relationship and we need to cultivate a good relationship so that we can keep growing. The more we grow in Christ, the more we grow in his presence, the more we grow in the Eucharist, the more we're going to be, the better freedom we're going to have in our lives. I haven't fully achieved it. I think I'm starting to to realize, you know, to break away from these things. I finally ended my stupid Amazon comicology account, uh, which is just basically digital comics because I don't, I, I don't, I don't spend as much, I don't spend time on it anymore. So that's helping me. It's finally, I, th I believe I'm finally getting, getting the spiritual, uh, desire to break away and I haven't been to some stupid comic book shop in practically months and years so I'm not wasting my money stopping by there because eventually you're going to waste money
Let me tell you something. You're going to waste money. You're going to, you're going to go there and you're going to like find something that's going to grab your attention. It's going to nag you and you're going to walk back and forth and you think to yourself, Hey, it would be nice if I do have it. But think about it. Once you do have it, once you like looked at it, read it a couple of times, and then all of a sudden you're not paying attention to it anymore. It's going to lay in a, a stack of stupid wasted piles of money stuff that you should have broke, you know, broken, you know, stopped buying a long time ago. It's not yours. It's not a mythology that is yours to own. It's somebody else's. It's not even real mythology. It's a product. It's a product that was invented to get your attention. How many revisions of these characters are we going to have? They don't, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to matter to people that they've had multiple revisions and you spend multiple money on them. Hard earned cash. Break away from it. Break away from these chains and look to Christ. Break away from these little corporate icons. It doesn't matter. You know, listening to people arguing on YouTube over this revision, that revision, it's ridiculous. It's gotten stupid. The characters don't exist. They don't, they, 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 it's not dependent on you. Throwing your money on it is like throwing incense, burning incense at a pagan idol's altar. Break away from it. Okay. Break away. Break away from these sinful bonds that hold that, that hold us back and hold us back and keep us as children. We don't need them anymore. We don't need them. It's time to be free from it. And it's time to be free from all the other stuff that hold us back. All the other things that hold us from having faith in Christ. You know, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, and many other political politicians, their real religion is their political office. That is God. And they're willing to sacrifice eternity for him in heaven. And just because you have children, I know she has five, six kids in her family. That's wonderful. It's beautiful. How can you have five and six kids? It's okay for that. But it's okay to promote other people to abort their babies. And you claim to be a devout Catholic. I'm sorry. It's a public knowledge. This is public knowledge about her life. And people saying, you're being mean. No, it's public knowledge. This is a public information. She makes it public. Okay. She makes it public. <clears throat> if it's private, then maybe, no, maybe we'll keep quiet, but she's a public person. And by being a public person, everything about her is public. You cannot, you cannot, I don't think, I'm sorry, it's a question. And the bishops don't bother to do anything about it because they're wrapped up in the whole politics. They're whole. They're wrapped up. They're invested in it. 
So you have to really ask your, ask the question, how can, how can a person who says that it's okay to murder a fetus can honestly claim that they believe in the real presence, that Jesus Christ came to us, that Jesus comes to us in the Eucharist, and that Jesus came to us through his incarnation, through the Virgin Mary. How can, how can we say we believe in abortion? One and the other demands some level of faith, demands some level of, of, of belief. All right, we're going to end it here, and we'll go on to finish our prayers. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. He rose again on the third day. In accordance with the scriptures he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and life of the world to come. Amen. Okay, so let's say a prayer. Um, for those um, Catholic politicians alright I should say a Hail Mary for them Hail Mary full of grace the Lord is with thee blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb Jesus Holy Mary Mother of God pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death Amen and let's say a prayer for a Hail Mary for the seminarians, um, seminarians, former seminarians, especially those who, um, who experienced abuse in the seminaries, more immoral abuse, sexual abuse, harassment by seminarians and, uh, instructors, abuse by instructors, um, Sexual abuse, harassment, everything. Those uh, we need to save because a lot of them, it shook their faith, uh, shocked them. So we need, to, we need to pray for them. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Now the hour of our death. Amen. And let's pray for the bishops who kept silent, the priests who kept silent about this. Uh, we need to pray for them. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. And we need to pray also for <coughs> those clergy who are secretly living those sins, who are hiding, who are committing these sins, abusing the church, using church funds, money, and 
the um, the priesthood uh, to live out the sinful life and exploit it, abuse it. Let's pray for them for their conversion. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Catholics who are persecuted uh, around all Christians around the world, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Catholics um, who have lost their faith to, to return back to the church, either because of scandal or because of love of the world, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. For Pope Francis, for him, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. And for, for the Latin Mass, for those who have love for it and for those who are afraid that maybe they'll be cut off from it, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, folks, we're going to end it here. Um, I'll be back soon, hopefully, with um, a podcast, another podcast one on the uh, gospel of St. Mark. So God bless and please pray for me. All right. Um, I really would appreciate it. Thank you.